Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, it's the day after. How do you feel? I feel like a totally changed person. <laughs> yeah, do you? I'm like a phoenix. I've, I've died and I've, <laughs> I've come back to life. You know, Phoenix is the uh, symbol of Atlanta, I think. thought it was train things. <laughs> well, I think that's Terminus and Marthasville, I think, were the first names. Because Terminus was the end of the railroad. But uh, I think Marthasville was the... No, that may be the second name. Okay. We were Louisville at one point. Were we? That I did not know. Yes. We were the Phoenix because, you know, Sherman came through and burned after the Civil War, during the Civil War. And then we rose up from the ashes. Yes. The reason... I know, so a quick history lesson before we <laughs> talk about the Oscars is it, because of the destruction of native territory and we kept moving west. I mean, the capital, to be in a more centered position, also kept having to move west. Oh, really? So, like, when Terminus was... Terminus was the fifth city. Okay, so, okay. To be the capital of Georgia. So it started off... What was the first one? Uh, the first one was... um. We'll wow. Get, get back to you on that. Yeah, I'm not. But it was and actually, I completely east. misunderstood the conversation. When you said Marthasville and Terminus, you were talking about names of Atlanta, and I was talking about previous capitals of Georgia. Well, so, but are we, are we talking about two different things, or are we talking about the same thing? I think now we're talking about, what we're talking about is the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, let's just move on. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing is our Oscar recap. <laughs> I have a feeling... I feel like this was always going to be a uh, award to talk about, and an Oscar specifically to talk about one because of the uh, the pandemic and award shows have not been getting the best ratings. Yeah, recently. So I feel like, and this I haven't really seen this conversation yet, but I feel like there are going to be conversations about with ratings so low. Are there going to be an Oscars again? And the answer is yes. No, nobody's asking that legitimately, are they? I, th- I think they eventually will. I don't think they will. Alright, well I'll ask you, what did you think of the ceremony? I was happy to have it. I enjoyed it immensely. I especially enjoyed the first two-thirds of it. Or maybe the first even four-sevenths. Five-sevenths, even. Uh, towards the end, I got a, it got a little shaky, but I enjoyed it. It was just nice to, it was just nice to watch and have the uh, have it as an event, like in our family. Like I enjoyed talking about it beforehand, and enjoyed picking my picks, and enjoyed uh, watching it with you and Peggy. And now I'm going to enjoy this. So I was really glad in the ceremony itself. You know, it was what it was. It was fine. I liked the intimate setting at first. You know, or for most of it, yeah, I liked it. What about you? What did you think, General? I uh, I enjoyed it. I was like, I got a little confused even from the beginning. <laughs> did you? I kind of did too. They what started off with screenplay. Yeah, that was, so. There were some changes, right? And then and then they went into the uh, best supporting actor. Then like right afterward, they did director, and I'm like, they're doing major awards, and it made me worried that they were going to go through some of the more minor stuff in like a quick montage like they did for the Critics' Choice Awards. Luckily, they did not do that. But the ordering confused me and messed with my head. I think there's an elephant in the room here in that 
Best Picture was not the last award of the night. Yeah, so that's there was many many changes. It felt like, and certainly in the order they were presenting the awards were were the probably the most glaring one, right? And I'm curious what they were thinking when they decided, like, why did why did they put screenplays the screenplay awards first? I you know I'm, I said that had to be a decision and had to be a conversation. I'm just curious what the what why, the end goal Soderberg, was. Why Soderberg? Why? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. See, actually, I don't know if he's in control of the order. He ran the event, though, right? You know, that's what I that's what I gathered. I didn't I didn't know that beforehand. So, but I don't know to what extent, like, if he was hands on planning all the stuff like that, or or how, you know, I don't know how much how don't how hands on he was. Uh, but no. you know, overall, I thought it was a good ceremony. Again, there were some weird things going on and some weird timing of things, and I didn't like the new order of events, uh, order of uh, awards given. I think a a general rule. I think the big overall award of the night should be the last award of the night. I agree, hundred percent. And I, I think didn't like the change. I think the reasoning that uh, I thought when like seeing. That best picture was up there first. It was just general confusion. And then I thought, <laughs> okay, that means best actor has to go to Chadwick Boseman because they're going to end with a big Boseman celebration. And that and they, presupposes that either one, they're heavily betting that Chadwick Boseman is going to win or they know in advance the outcome. And, we I, know, and they don't know the outcome in advance. I think they were heavily betting on Chadwick Boseman and then it was Anthony Hopkins. That's a lot to bet on to rearrange the whole order, order of the show based on 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 that that's that's crazy to me i saw a meme and that's the only know, thing that makes do sense you know though. the uh meme format uh where it's like donald duck like getting up out of bed and then going back to bed i don't think so it's like anthony hopkins receiving his best actor oscar he's just getting out of bed going back to bed <laughs> <laughs> i heard two two different rumors regarding that one that they would not let him give in a skype an awards thank you which seems weird. I think he recorded a video. I haven't watched it, but I so saw it. the next day he did. Uh, and then I also heard that um, Olivia Coleman was prepared to give his thanks, and that that they that didn't get to happen. So I know I don't know if either one of those are true. But yeah, I watched this video and it was very brief this morning. It was said all the right things. It was like you know, thank you. This is a big surprise. You know, I you know dedicate this to Chadwick Boseman and his you know incredible talent and blah 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 blah. Said all the good things. Uh, so, but yeah, it's it, it makes no sense to move those awards back. And then there's <laughs> there's jokes about how like it is Anthony Hopkins goodbye. Yeah, because it's just a, such an anticlimactic way to end when there's like <laughs> it was just a, just a weird way to do it. So it's either you know what you were saying they're heavily voting you know betting on Boseman winning. Or the thought process with these films that they are so indie small that none of them could bring the, the I guess the star power to hold the last space in the evening. Yeah, that, that's I think we made we both made this comment afterward. Like, oh, do they think we are more interested in the celebrity aspect of it than the film aspect of it? Yeah, and I guess there's probably no way to separate that out or tell it. But so it's again, I would love to hear why. And I don't know. I'm sure. I don't know if they've made a statement or if it's the kind of thing that even warrants a statement. But at some point, I guess somebody's going to explain it to us. <laughs> and I, I and I'm curious about the reasoning. I was listening to the Gruson and Lynch post Oscar show, 
and I'm sure listeners are tired of our constant Gruesome and Leech references, but... Not at all. We could be introducing them to a wonderful new podcast. Um, and uh, Will Leech was talking about how, like, this is why these events exist. So we can all collectively, on a Sunday night, less than we normally would, go and be grumpy about a thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what these events, like the Grammys and the Tonys and the Oscars really serve for the general public. Or go and be happy with something. It's a collective oh, yes, it's communal, communal experience that doesn't have to, it brings out, I'm sure, grumps and non-grumps. You know, even in, even in us, right? Yeah. You know, that, that's the fun of it. Yeah, it is. Um, let's talk about some of the, uh, I mean, I was going to use the word cringy, but it, you, it can be also positive, good-feeling things you can bring up from the ceremony itself. <laughs> well, those feel very different. Yeah. But I feel like there was some, there was some, there was some cringe. Yeah. Well, the the when I said like I like the first whatever five sevenths of it, it's I'm really referring to when they started doing the name that tune thing with Questlove <sighs> and Lil Rel. Even though you know both of those guys are great, but that it was just I get personally I get nervous. For the people at these live events doing things. I don't want them to mess up. I don't want them to say something bad or to just not be with it. Especially if they're older, I get really nervous for them. And I, you know, I'm not really sure what that's about. But it takes away my enjoyment of live events, quite frankly. Uh, so when that went on and then the, uh, was it Audra Day? The singer, actor, yep. you know, nominated for Best Actress. So she had her, like, kind of thing, some cuss words, and I, it was fine. But I just got nervous that she wasn't listening at first because she started singing along. I couldn't tell she was with it. I don't know. So I got nervous and kind of just – I tried to tune out from then on. But that that was cringe. Even the with the, you know, Daniel Kalu, Kalu, Kaluuya felt – that felt a little cringy too, even though it was fine and they're both good and they know each other and they're friends. I still like didn't want them to get too familiar and and then say something poor. I don't know. I get nervous when they when they do that kind of stuff. And the Glenn Close stuff, you know, that was cool. That she uh you know, big school days fan, awesome. Um but like that, that makes me nervous too. So I, I think close, I, that I think I turned the chair around. Very awkward to me, and I think they have admitted that that was staged. Okay, that that's that is. I wish I would have known that, so I could have been just enjoyed the ride, then enjoyed the show. But anyways, again, this is a this is clearly a me issue, <laughs> you know that uh, I need to work on. I say something. I was I was not hoping to see Glenn Close twerking. I was not. You didn't, ha- you didn't have that on your bingo card? No, I did not have that on my bingo card. Imagine if you had, you'd have won so easily all the bingos. Yep. Uh, so th- that whole segment stands <laughs> that's out how, to that's me. That's how you win bingo. You get that's multiple you bingos. That's, that's right. <laughs> it's <laughs> about how many bingos you can get. How <laughs> <Now> you know. <laughs> You're onto this. I'm not taking you bingo plan. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, so that that whole segment I didn't love. That was fairly cringy to me. Some of the pre-red carpet stuff, you know, some of the interviews were a little cringy to me. Too, I don't know again, who. I get sensitive with the cringiness. The, the presenters were uh, Laura Howery and uh, someone else that I forget the name of, who I believe is going to be in uh, the the Steven Spielberg, the Steve Snap finger snapping West Side Story. West Side Story. Okay. Um, but like he calls, I think it's Riz Ahmed. Like when she said, like, "All right, King," or something like that, or. 
or she said like I don't know a Twitter phrase or something like yeah. that or I'm I'm here for that and we do make we <laughs> without anything fueling it we do enough making fun of Twitter phrases <laughs> we do a lot so she she walked into our cringy zone but again that's us that's on us not necessarily her but so I didn't love all of that I did like the layout I thought it looked beautiful it's a little funny though when you have like a you know a two shot of uh, Daniel and and um, Lil Rel and just like off to the right is like you know just like two people like drinking champagne and pretending to have a conversation as if you know these guys aren't right next to them like being filmed live you know like that stuff's like that's weird you know I, I did, like, that I almost, bothers me I felt that I don't know if it was when Riz Ahmed was talking or when Lil Rel Howery was talking but like right next to them were just like two I think like I think it was Aaron Sorkin and his wife oh really having a conversation like they were like actively talking i was worried they was gonna pick up their conversation on the (laughs) microphone and eventually like they turned around and saw like oh yeah we're doing a live event and they stayed quiet right maybe we should be quieter and move out of the way or something yeah so that those that's what i think of when i think of the cringe moments um you know i was nervous for uh the actor's name and i'm gonna mess it up but i'm gonna try to look at it real quick uh uh, Yu Young Yoon. Yu Young Yoon. I thought I didn't find I got, that cringy. I thought that was good. I just I heard getting off the stage, I, like with the high heels and the stairs, like that was a little cringy to me. She looked like she needed a hand. And Brad Pitt was there, but he was like, I'm sure, like at COVID protocols because it looked like he wanted to go help her and then didn't and then later did. And so, like, I, a little cringe moment there, but not in a, not in a horrible way at all uh those were the main ones how about you any any more that i missed there's two name related ones oh uh, yeah actually three name related ones okay one was the mispronunciation of maria bakalova's name oh, very good pronouncing that the, right by the way <laughs> doing the, the presentation and like you could see like her she, face like sink a little she bit disappointed and of course she was like this is brad pitt hollywood star stud you know like messing up her name I think it was, uh, I don't think it was Brad Pitt who did that one. Oh, well, never mind. Not Brad Pitt. No, yeah, it was. It was Brad Pitt. Just, yes, it was. We just talked about you, Jean, you talked about this in the same category. Yeah. Um, and then there was also uh, Eric Messerschmidt's yes. name being mispronounced. Messenger Schmidt or something like that was one <laughs> of them. Pronounced, pronounced two times in two different ways. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that that was cringy. Um uh, Again, the ending it, the whole uh, Jane Fonda thing, right? That was Jane Fonda, right? Who presented the Best Picture Award? Uh, no. Who was that? I don't. It wasn't Jane Fonda. I can tell you that. Okay. It might have been. Uh, uh, look it up. Look it up. Uh, now I'll, I'll explain. Well, you know, that, that whole thing of her making the joke about, yes, I'm doing Best Picture, even though it's time for like Best, you know, best Actor or Best Actress. Like, I found that confusing and then cringy, and I did go on Twitter, and there were people like, wait, what? What's going on? So that was weird. And my theory at the time was that she was involved in the whole La La Land Moonlight thing, but I could be misremembering that also. Um, so that that was fairly cringy. But there were a lot of wonderful moments, too. Um, Chloe Zhao was amazing, I thought. Did a great I, her, I really enjoyed speech. their uh, Best Director segment. With uh, Bong Joon-ho and the questioning. I did, too. I thought that was very cool, and I liked how they handled like the foreign language aspect to it and the having the subtitles down there. Oh, did you hear? 
I saw this headline. I don't know if that's true, and I kind of hope. Oh, never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm getting us way off topic. Oh, um, can I bring my third name thing? Yeah, yeah, please. Is uh, and it could have been something else, but Pete Doctor forgetting Questlove's name. Yeah, if I don't know that he forgot it, but it sure looked. It, it sure seemed like he did. That and uh, that guy over there, he was completely <laughs> like, saved by the fact that Questlove was the DJ. Right. It well, seemed. Well, I think it's. I think that if he hadn't been there and hadn't been the DJ, I'm sure he would have just the name would have rolled off his tongue probably. But like, because he was there, it was all that was kind of weird. And then, you know, Questlove played that Dolly Parton song that goes like, you know, they just use your mind and they never give you credit. Just like Pete Doctor did not give him credit by remembering his name. Um, so I don't know if that's related or not, or if that's just coincidence or whatnot. But yeah, that was pretty awkward. Uh, but I thought there were some really beautiful moments, too. Uh, the Thomas Venterberg speech. Yep, that was great. That was absolutely great. And that was my news I, I saw, was that Leonardo, they're doing, this could be just rumor. It looks like they're going to do an American remake of Another Round with Leonardo DiCaprio. Starring it. Okay, I I feel <laughs> this is off topic, but I feel similarly about what HBO is doing with Parasite. And now that could be a totally different. They're they're totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know they're totally different because because Parasite, even though we didn't know this for a good while, is not a remake. It's going to be a. It sounds like it's going to be like a Fargo on FX type thing. Yeah, it's in the world. It's in and, the world, and Bong Joon Ho is like running it. Yeah, and so, I. So that's totally different. I, I, I'm sure Thomas Vinterberg will be involved, but I feel like the movie came out last year. We don't yeah. need a remake of that. And it's re- the reason why it popped in my brain when we mentioned Bong Joon-ho is that, like, you know, he, he in his Oscar speech last year, he talked about how the, this world of, of beautiful films that Americans can discover if we'll just learn to read that three-inch type of the subtitles and a whole new world were opened up for it. I feel like I'm just disappointed in our country that we need this. That we can't just watch another round with Mads Nicholson and that be enough for us. But I think they just want to make money and they want uh, more people to see it. I'm, I get, I get why, but this, I'm disappointed in us as a country as I usually am. Yes, there's seems there's always multiple reasons to always be disappointed yes. in our country. Can I bring up the last moment of cringe? Yes, I'm not sure it'll be the last, but keep going. The last that at least I took note of in the ceremony is uh, Laura Dern talking about Daniel Kaluuya's performance as Fred Hampton. I don't think it's either of those two people's fault. The involvement, I think it was just the feel of it. Like, I I don't know. It felt like over congrats. It felt like the, the typical, like, Hollywood patting itself on the back. Like I could, I could almost sense, and I made a joke about it while watching it. Like Daniel Kaluuya being like, "You don't care <laughs> about how I portrayed Fred Hampton." Yeah, I just I respect Laura Dern a lot, so I didn't. Uh, I, I no, and I, I don't think the, it has anything to do with her I know either. The feeling in the air that you were noticing, and I kind of felt that a little bit too. But I, I think I, I squashed it down more uh, to make it not awkward. Uh, that that didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. Um. What else? What were some other nice moments that you liked? I, I liked Riz Ahmed as presenter. Yeah. I um, I kind of liked. Although usually in my award shows, I like how the Emmys did it. Uh, in twenty twenty, they they I like I prefer to see clips of the movies 
rather than what they did this year talking about about the uh the nominees but honestly i didn't mind how they did that regina king was great i liked the opening scroll i liked her your her starting bit i did too i liked that also and the timing of that worked out so nicely that was cool and honestly like overall i don't think i'm missing hosts yeah well it's like we had a bunch of them right there were facilitators or kind of what they were was what it kind of felt like but that that worked pretty well what did you think about the intimate venue as opposed to like the big you know kodak theater where they normally are um there's there are uh, there are upsides and downsides yeah uh, I did feel like the more I did like the more casual feel of it, and honestly, I think I I just liked how it looked more than the uh, the usual Dolby theater that oh, they're okay. in. But I feel like there's also less excitement. Like uh, I remember Bong Joon Ho's best director speech, and him like giving off like a standing ovation to Martin Scorsese, and like the the roaring applause, and like that couldn't happen in that venue. Yeah, or something of that caliber. Well, with just not enough people, right? Yeah. Um. I thought Brian Cranston did a good job in presenting the humanitarian award to the that organization. I thought that was very cool. And he just, you know, it's a simple walk and talk, but it's not simple. I mean, I guess it is simple, but it's not easy. And just like uh, Regina King nailed hers, I thought he nailed his, and I thought that organization was cool and getting to learn more about them. I enjoyed that. Uh, it was cool to see Atlanta's Tyler Perry get a humanitarian award. Yep. Uh, and, and talk about a little bit like the and his camp. speech was good. Yeah, he did a great job. Uh, and I've only had two acquaintances go work at you know we're talking about like I guess his um, COVID camp kind of thing. But they you know both reported afterwards on social media you know how impressed they were and how it was run and everything. And so that was kind of cool. So go Atlanta. Um, yeah, I guess my main complaint is just towards the end of the reordering of the awards. Um. Should we talk about some of the winners and losers? Yeah, let's let's get I, into our winners and no losers. Excuse my language there. Let's get into our winners and other nominees who will have booms because of their nominations. <laughs> so who who what were the awards? Obviously, we didn't get them all right. <laughs> we did uh, pretty well though. We did do pretty well, I think. Uh, you especially, I would say. Uh, who what was the ones that were most surprising for you? So starting right off the bat, we had Best Adapted Screenplay go to the father. Neither of us had that. Yeah, that was a sign right away, at least to me, that like, okay, this is everything's kind of up for grabs. You know, things can happen. Uh, best Cinematography to Eric, um, the Messenger Postman Schmidt. <laughs> messenger Schmidt. Um, for which, uh, what, what did he Best Cinematography. For? for which film, I'm sorry? Mank. Yeah, beautiful film, I guess, you know get it didn't have him <laughs> I didn't uh, have him francis there. mcdormand yeah i was so glad i really thought it was gonna be uh um i can't even remember her name <laughs> carrie mulligan Again, we've had trouble carrie her name mulligan. all season all oscar season yeah because if carrie mulligan had first of all let's just announce who won i won the competition you did indeed it won was by 30 two points. points to 28 points i won because of editing for sound of metal and you had uh trial chicago seven yep and i won for uh, costume, costume design for um my Rainey's black bottom and you had mulan that's right so if i had and but if carrie mulligan had won then i would have pulled out the victory there at the end 
Yeah, I was really worried about it. Yeah. And I was glad that it was Francis McDormand. Not only because that's a good performance, but also because it's not Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. So, I again, I, I think as we said you know, earlier, all three of those women, you know, all five of those women really, of course, but, you know, would have been fine and happy that they won. Uh, Original other- song was an upset for my favorite, uh, Fight for You. Yeah, that was uh, that was a uh, her one that. Uh, yeah, I do believe yeah. Yeah, I, I was I was shocked that I actually uh, that 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 did not go to speak now in one night in Miami. That really surprised me. And other than that, I don't think there were too many upsets. I guess besides the big uh, the big the best actor. The best, the big, the the anticlimax. Yeah, so that's so interesting, and I don't know about you know what you haven't had a whole lot of time, hopefully, to scroll the internet as you've been in school all day, and you went to bed after the Oscars last night. But the reaction, I saw so many knee jerk reactions on Facebook on on Twitter, which I expect more knee jerk reactions. Facebook usually is a little slower, but I saw people who I respect and like, and theater professionals, at least one of them have the combination of like shock that Chadwick Boseman didn't win then combined with later in their post or later in the comments admission that they didn't see the father and so which to me like shut up <laughs> you can't have both those positions <laughs> you can't be shocked Boseman didn't win or they be or be I think the word the person used that I'm thinking of was they were uh I don't remember the word, but a, a travesty. It was kind of like that. Ugh. But anybody who actually saw The Father would not be shocked and would be thrilled or certainly would, at the very least, understand why he won. Because he was amazing. Bozeman was amazing, too. I thought Bozeman would win. I picked Bozeman to win. I wanted Bozeman to win. But I was not disappointed that Anthony Hopkins did it all because he was flat out ridiculously great in that role in that movie. Yes. So I don't know about you, but like I don't want to hear. I don't have time for, you know, being upset that Bozeman didn't win, especially if you didn't see the father. Yeah, and it seems like most people didn't. <laughs> no, you know. Anyway, so I was I was happy for him, and uh, yeah. Any others? There were yeah. There wasn't much more surprises. I guess the. And the biggest one being Anthony Hopkins and maybe cinematography because it's gone to Nomadland every other time. Yeah. But Nomadland did win Best Picture. Yep. And that was kind of cool and beautiful. Though I, I immediately saw critiques of that movie that I hadn't seen before from like a native, you know, an indigenous point of view of like, like this is like literally white people driving all over the land, just taking ownership wherever they go. <laughs> And looking at it from an indigenous perspective, well, like there's no natives around anywhere on all this land. I mean, this guy with a Confederate flag tattoo. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> we got him. Uh, but like, it's like this is like this is a microcosm of like colonialism. You know, white people driving their stuff wherever they want and just living. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, I'm not. I'm just saying I hadn't heard that critique of it before, and I I did notice it after it won. I didn't. I've not thought although about I, it. Although I'm not I going under, to think about it now. Although much. I kind of when, especially when seeing the Confederate flag tattoo, and understanding kind of the movie, the 
the whiteness of it. Most of the people doing this are white. I imagine because of the use of non-actors that most of the people who are these modern nomads in real life are white. I imagine that. I don't know that, but from the the picture this movie painted, I would I would think that. Um, I I think I saw it as less less of like colonialist and more of like the the Boy Scouts like calling themselves like wearing like native headdress and calling themselves like a tribe like I felt it was more that kind of wrong rather than like traditional colonialist wrong yeah like yeah. kind of like because they're doing like it feels like it feels very native to me you know more than I do um to be like living the wilderness and using the land and trying to be as less wasteful as possible and not contributing to this system the Europeans created but like it's still like still just just a bunch of white people <laughs> right right and I get I have not given it much thought but I am I, I and I and I may or may not give it any any thought but I did think it was an interesting interesting take on it that I had not heard um what else that kind of covers most of the things that I wanted to talk about I think then let's um we did get to see they have some like I don't want to call it corporate tie-ins, but I guess it is a corporate tie-in. But like, and I presume those it was on ABC, right? Which is Disney, which is, owns everything, right? Yep. So we did see we, we are, see we're the, we're actually owned by Disney. Oh, it's so nice. I know, right? Uh, we did get to see Lin Manuel Miranda, Miranda. Yep. And he kind of introduced in the Heights. Oh yeah, and speaking of Hamilton-based things in the red carpet interview with Leslie Odom Jr. The interviewer, like, quoting Hamilton. By the way, not even an Aaron Burr line. Um, and then, like, I, uh, for some reason I feel like... I'm, I'm sure he does not regret doing Hamilton, because how could you? But, um... I'm sure sometimes he thinks, like, Ken, I'm, I've done different... I've done other things. Yeah, I have I a Christmas album. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's nominated for two Academy Awards, so... Uh, yeah, and he's at the Academy Awards, so I, don't, I think he's not too worried about that. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the. I think we had a trailer before the ceremony for Cruella. Yeah, and that that looked interesting. Emma Stone's very watchable. Yes, and very talented. Um, it's got know, Mark honestly. Strong as well. I can't say I'm excited about that movie, but if it comes out and everybody loves it, I'll I'll see it. Yeah. Well, will, will you pay thirty dollars? On no. top of your Disney Plus subscription, no, I to will, see it. I mean, not unless my son asks me nicely. No, I probably will not. <laughs> then I'll probably say yes. Um, Maybe yeah. we'll think about it for Black Widow. If we're not going to see it in the theater, but Cruella. Are they charging honestly, extra for Black Widow? They're charging extra for their stupid premiere access thing. Uh, we'll probably do that. I, um, my choice of corporate overlord now <laughs> is Warner yeah. Brothers because of their HBO Max. They're proper. In theaters and on streaming for no extra pay thing. I'm sure that hurts movie theaters more than Disney Plus. I thought thing. the cinephile in you would would be rebelling against that. Yeah, but like the person who likes watching movies in me will think it's much easier to watch movies through HBO Max than it is to watch movies through Disney Plus. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Well, what did you think of uh, the Cruella trailer? I feel indifferent about it. I'm wondering. I mean, Emma Stone is very good. I'm wondering how they're gonna get into the killing dogs aspect of things. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that because I've always wanted a skin dog, uh, you know, fur coat. I just kidding. I've never wanted the one of those. 
Yes. Um, yeah. I'm, are they just going to, yeah. What are they going to do with that? And then uh, we had uh, the, the real tie-ins, I guess, were for Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. West, thank you. <laughs> thank you. New York movie. I'm in a gang. I'm going to dance. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> uh, yeah. So what did you think of that? You have no relationship with West Side Story, do you? You've no. never seen the old one? You know, it's Romeo and Juliet, basically, right? Yes. Okay. So we'll, we'll have to, when that comes out, we'll have to watch the old one, and we'll have to watch the new one, and we'll have to talk about them. And honestly, from what I've heard, it's a decent Oscar contender for next year if we're going to do way, way early predictions. Well, sure. Any Spielberg movie is going to get Oscar buzz, right? Especially with a known property like this. I mean, Oscar buzz, I feel like, is pretty easy to generate for almost, it feels like almost most movies that consider themselves seriously, but any, you know, it's Steven Spielberg, so of course it's going to be high profile, right? Yes, and so does the other tie-in in the Heights. Yeah, it's got some Oscar buzz, too. It does. That doesn't surprise me. It's Lin-Manuel, right? So he can do anything. Much yeah, like although he... He does have a small role in it, but he is not involved in directing it or the writing of the screenplay. Right. But he's, I mean, his hands are everywhere. I yeah. Mean, it's his baby. Yeah. You know, so it's, he's all over it. Um, speaking of uh, Zendaya, Zendaya was there. Yes, Zendaya was there. And she can do anything. She can do anything. And she did it well. And she even tried to sell us some um, perfume. Yeah, perfume. So we got to see a lot of Zendaya. Oh, this there's a funny moment when that commercial came on. I was like, "Who can do anything?" <laughs> and like it, it uh, correlated with like uh, the uh, the commercial with her going, "I can." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. She knows. She can do anything. She can communicate <laughs> through us through the television. That's right. We meant it. Uh, her and Mads Mikkelsen. That's right. Can do anything. Um, so what? So, her, Mads Mikkelsen, and an octopus who can teach. So of all the movies that were were around last night that we haven't seen, what are we going to watch first? And why is another, it another round? It's another round, <laughs> obviously. Another round. That was a Twitter thing I did. Do people do that on Reddit? Tell yeah. me, Tell me about your favorite donut and why is it cream-filled. Yep, because that's a stupid Twitter yeah. phrase. So I did that. But that's it, because that's the tweet. Sheeple. Um, so, yeah, I really want to see that movie. I really want to research more about, oh, my gosh, his daughter dying, and then they filmed, like, right then? I can't even imagine how they did that. Um, so that's, I don't know. I want to read about that. Um, that was really poignant and beautiful. I think Daniel Kaluuya gave a great speech as well, because yes, I was thinking did. of uh, Thomas Vinterberg's great speech as well. Yeah. I just used great speech as well twice in the same sentence. Francis McDormand howled the wolf howl. That positive or negative? Yeah, I, for some reason I think that's a reference to something. I think it's a reference to them being out in the middle of nowhere in Nomadland and hearing wolves howl. Possibly. I think it's a reference to something else, though. Well, the wolf howl is, I mean... <laughs> it's, maybe the I, last name of someone. I don't know why I think it's the last name of someone. It might be. It might be. Wolves are pretty iconic, and certainly in, in uh, native philosophy as well. <laughs> it's like literally I I put Francis. Or actually, I put FR and an article came up. So she's, she's pretty amazing. So now she has won. 
She is tied with, listen to this, Daniel Day-Lewis and Katherine Hepburn are the only people who have won three or more Oscars for Best Actor or Best Actress. Wow. Jack Nicholson has won three, but one of them was for a supporting role. And there's a couple of other people who have as well. But it's her, Daniel Day-Lewis, I think it was Katherine Hepburn. I feel like I'm surprised Tom Hanks had, I thought... I could maybe I'm maybe I'm getting excited and maybe I'm wrong about that, but I I read that on the internet, so it's probably definitely true. Uh, all right, so yeah, so we're agreed on that. Another round. Ha ha! I was actually um, actually this isn't a ha ha subject. It was a tribute to Michael Wolf Snyder, a production sound mixer who died at 35 earlier this year. Oh, I wish it was my thing. That's crushing. That but is. It makes it even better that she did it. Um, besides another round and another movie that you really want to see? Yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Um, maybe Kovati Saida? Yeah, I want to see My Octopus Teacher. Although the only thing I've heard about it besides its Oscar win is that it's terrible. <laughs> you did hear that from a critic you respect. Speaking of Grierson and Lynch, it was Grierson of Grierson and Lynch. ton of people, uh... Just normal people, not critics, uh, say they loved it. So, well, what do we, what do we care I'm about what the normal people say? I want to see Sound of Metal. I mean, I already did, but now I want to see it even more. Uh, and I thought Riz Ahmed was amazing. And every time, every time he was doing something, you know, I thought he did it well. And uh, I want to see him in that. Um, yeah, still no desire to see Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> no desire to see Tom Hanks Western movie. No, not really. I mean, if it's on one day and, you know, laying on the couch, possibly. I kind of do want to see the uh, the Borat subsequent movie film now, though. Yeah, I Or at least do. give it a shot. And let's say, you know, turn it off if we need to. But, I don't know. So, overall, a really good Oscars. Congratulations on winning our first annual Oscar contest. Yeah, Borat subsequent movie film starring Sasha Baron Cohen and Maria Baca 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 Lava. I think it's Maria Messenger Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> I think is what it is. Yeah, I know. I know. Live events are hard, but I feel like you get the names of the people you you're get saying the names right. In advance. Yeah, you can write. And somebody else said, I forgot who it was. I think they were talking about Renee Zilweger again. This is just hot take from somebody on Twitter. Um, probably shouldn't even be reading it, much less spreading it. But they were like, I'm pretty sure Renee Zilweger did not see any of these movies. <laughs> like just based on the way she was kind of reading the description of whatever she was doing. I don't remember if that was true. Yeah, pretend I didn't say anything. That's horrible. All right. Uh, congratulations on your victory. I'm excited about doing this next year again. Um, anything else to say before we wrapped up the Academy Awards? The well, there is one more thing I wanted to I wanted to do. I thought it would be a cool thing to compare the year 2019 to the year 2020. I think we know what year overall was better. <laughs> right. But, uh, specifically, best picture-wise, what movie do we think is better? Parasite or Nomadland? I want to hear your opinion on this first, and then I want to hear my opinion. To me, it's not even close. I, I thought Parasite was an amazing film. I think it'll, you know, it'll have staying power for years and years and years, and I enjoyed Nomadland a lot, but... It wasn't even my favorite of the films this year. So I, th- I still think if I had a vote, I think I would have voted for The Father still. Uh, what about you? What do you think about Nomadland versus Parasite? Because you've seen 
You've seen Nomadland now a couple of times, right? I've seen it two times. I've seen Parasite three times. All right, so you have a much more informed opinion than I do. What do you think? Uh, Parasite, I think it blows Nomadland out of the water. I enjoyed Nomadland, Nomadland, I enjoyed Nomadland more the second time, actually, because seeing how Chloe Zhao uh, and Joshua James Richards kind of plant the seeds for the, the themes of the movie throughout, I think that is one of the added benefits of watching movies multiple times, especially watching good movies multiple times. But Parasite is just so much better. It's just, and especially, it also has more value watching it again because, like, even the third time, I was noticing new and interesting things that Bong Joon Ho did with this movie. I do really think that Parasite is going to be remembered as one of the best movies of the 21st century. I, I, I suspect you were right on that. Uh, outstanding. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, anything else we want to say? Um, no. No. Oh, what's the... How about you, you repeat the uh, Jason Isbell tweet after that came after Best Documentary Feature? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, that's right. So right after that, I was on Twitter, and he goes... Man, they didn't even thank the octopus, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought that was that was pretty great. Which is uh, I was not expecting that comment out of Jason Isbell, <laughs> star of uh, next uh, this year's actually uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, right? Or at least uh, an actor in it. Certainly not a star, but uh, oh yeah, him, I know, him but... and um, who's the other great musician who's doing? Oh, that? What's... is it Chris Stapleton? No, is it? Oh, man. Sturgill Simpson. It is Sturgill Simpson. Who has a great bluegrass album. Uh, yeah, so those two are in that, so that's kind of fun. Yep, and uh, no, I'm I'm just holding up time. I just want to mention one thing. Close to the Flower Moon could be a major Oscar contender next year. <laughs> well, we, it will be a major Oscar contender next year. It's a Martin Scorsese film. Therefore, Oscars, right? Yeah, you know? and Leonardo DiCaprio. And Robert yeah. De Niro and um, Jason Isbell. <laughs> and Jason, Isbell. You, we know, we all know how the Oscars love Jason Isbell. Clearly, I hope he's doing some. Oh man, I wonder if they're doing some music for that too. Oh yeah, that be, would be. We good. could see an Oscar performance by Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson. Now that oh, that's something we did not mention is them doing the songs in advance. What did you think of that? Did you like the performances? I enjoyed. We didn't that. really watch them closely, but it was on kind of in the background. I like that. I enjoyed it. I like that, too. I wouldn't mind if they continued that. That was kind of fun and cool, and it was COVID safe, and it was good, and all the songs sounded good. Would you mind like them playing them right after another and afterward announcing the Best Original Song Oscar like then, before the real ceremony? I'd prefer to wait till the ceremony for the actual award. Yeah. But I liked how they did that. My guess is they will not keep that, but we'll see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you oh. so much for listening to the podcast. Hank has one more thing to say. Sorry, right, I was just mentioning, they, <laughs> I imagine this is the last year they put Best Picture before <laughs> yeah, the I end of the award show. certainly hope so. Yeah, but I don't think they're getting any positive feedback That did not go well. That. And even if Chad both like, I wonder who they had talking, like who was lined up had he won. Was it like multiple people, you know, or is it... Do you think it would be Viola Davis? I'm curious who was they had planned, because surely they had someone planned to do give a speech if he had won. I wonder if that's come out or people have talked about that yet. Maybe his uh, 
his wife. She gave a good speech at the uh, Golden Globes. Yes, yeah, she did. So maybe. But anyways, uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, we will have one for you soon. We really don't know what our next one is, do we? Maybe Mortal Kombat. <laughs> maybe, or maybe another round. I would like to see that and do that. Uh, but we'll figure it out and uh, subscribe on iTunes, and you won't even have to worry about what it is. It'll come straight to your phone. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Until we meet again. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Duran. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the flock email twice a month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.